Welcome to the ProCom Podcast, hosted by Paul Vogels, with expert guest interviews, case study reviews, and insightful discussion topics. The ProCom Podcast leads the Project Controls conversation. So, welcome back listeners, guys and girls from the Project Controls Department. Welcome back to the next episode of this ProCon podcast. As you might can see, it's getting dark here in the Netherlands. I have a very special guest, Eric Leighton, who is CEO of Loadspring, um, managed hosting company. We're going to talk about that uh, that later. Um, but thanks a lot for uh, for uh, sticking to uh, to us. As you all know, ProCon Podcast is leading the project controls conversation, talking about use cases, talking about software specials, and talking about educational tracks. And today, very special guest, Eric uh, uh, Latham. Uh, Eric, thank you for uh, joining me on the show. Thanks, Paul. Nice to be here. Yes, yes. All the way up to California, we pre-discussed that the uh, weather is challenging, COVID is challenging, it's getting dark here, uh, you're, you're just waking, uh, waking up. Um, but with this techn- technology, we, uh, we can talk to each other uh, crystal, uh, crystal clear. Um, Eric, you are the CEO of Loadspring uh, now, you're the founder of uh, Loadspring, if I'm correct, uh, but you started with a mechanical engineering degree. Can you tell me a little bit how you come up with this really cool job as a mechanical engineer and now end up with also a really cool job as the CEO of Loadspring? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, it's, an, it's been an interesting journey. I've, uh, professionally, I've only worked for three companies my entire life, most of it Loadspring, um, and really had a passion for engineering. Uh, I've got my master's in fatigue and fracture mechanics. So I Fundamentally, was was studying how how planes crash um, through fatigue and fracture. Um, in the early '90s, the job market wasn't so great in the United States. Uh, I ended up taking a job with a company called Parametric Technology, um, who hired mechanical engineers right out of college, and um, really was my first exposure to a very important part of my career, which was customer support and. These were, I work all with mechanical engineers, uh, parametric technology made a, um, might've heard of it, a, a very high-end 3D solid modeling package called Pro Engineer. Um, but I really learned how to start interfacing with customers and making customers happy and finding that interaction between how support and the software um, really affected sales, right? So the salespeople needed support um, to get it right and solve customer issues so that they could sell more software. So that, that first job was kind of critical in my transition towards software and IT. Um, and it kind of makes sense because we're all mechanical engineers. We were supporting mechanical engineer software. We were dealing with mechanical engineers on those support cases. Um, and then transitioned up a level to a, a private company that built Windows NT and servers for Pro Engineer. Okay. And so um, Windows NT was brand new. You know, this software was typically run on Unix systems. Now it could be run on smaller PCs. And we built custom, our knowledge of Pro Engineer allowed us to, to really tweak the IT infrastructure of these, of these servers and these, um, and these PCs to run this software as, as good as possible. And after a few years there, 
again, this now put me in a position where I was really starting to understand quality uh, and performance of software, um, as well as helping on the sales side uh, and closing deals. So now I've got the support experience with customers. I've got the sales experience and the quality and performance that customers demand. Then we decided, uh, a few of us decided to start uh, what became LoadSpring. Um, and the idea was to host that software, Pro yeah. Engineer, on the internet so that people didn't have to fly from one place to another to design reviews. Um, and the idea was that hosting that application uh, would allow people to interact with 3D solid models on the internet. Unfortunately, the idea was a little ahead of its time. The internet wasn't fast enough. Um, and we got a call from one of our partners right after we started LoadSpring, said, hey, have you guys ever heard of this, this product called Expedition? Um, and we said, no, uh, but um, what's it all about? And he said, well, it's a contract management app. Um, and I know you guys have a data center and you're, you're doing something with hosting applications. Uh, we'd really like you to take a look at it. We said, well, who's the customer? And the customer was Pfizer Pharmaceutical. We said, oh, yeah, we can host that. <laughs> yeah. It's a big name right now, but it was back then also. Yeah, we, we shifted from a focus on a CAD application to a focus on project management applications um, with our first customer being Pfizer. And we really never looked back um, from that point forward. So um, now we're, we're, we're focused, you know, we, we host over 150 different applications in the project management space. Um, and, and ultimately, what makes this space quite unique is these applications are, are very complicated, very database-driven, um, require a lot of performance um, focus, and they require a lot of support. And we just found that that was a, a really special space for us. Um, because we were we were good at solving complex um, challenges in the IT space. So, so if, in resume, LoadSpring is hosted by accident because a partner said, "Can you host me Expedition?" And now you are hosting well, more than 150 project management application. Is it by well, not by accident, but by by an opportunity you took in with the knowledge from the 3D and the, and the uh, I've been working with Windows NT with the well performance more back-end performance optimization. Is that the, was the hosting of Expedition the first step into running 150 applications in the, in the cloud right now? Yeah, and, and ultimately, you know, we, we really saw this as small to medium-sized businesses that couldn't afford uh, the IT infrastructure and the IT sophistication. The reality became that um, these large enterprise organizations around the world really didn't, they're very risk averse, right? When you yep. look at a Pfizer uh, who's building research facilities or you're looking at, um, You know the 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 London Olympic Committee, which which is under deadlines to to build prod, to build these stadiums uh, for the 2012 Olympics, or you know Apple headquarters. The, these projects are all risk averse. The people running the projects um, they don't want any risks. So um, knowing that they are not IT organizations, what what we found was these organizations would rely on LoadSpring 
to provide that risk-averse IT environment that was always there 24-7. And, and if there was an IT problem, we'd have their back, right? So we really became these risk mitigators when it came to IT infrastructure. And it, it's where our, our, our strength is today yep. um, with you know a, a ton of options from managing these applications yourself, um, you know, using a hyperscale provider uh, like an AWS or an Azure, um, at the end of the day, um, that still doesn't bring risk mitigation, right? You still need human beings to manage the IT infrastructure, manage the technology changes that are occurring on really a weekly or a monthly basis, um, all to make sure the project stays up and running. Uh, and these businesses have access to their information. Yeah, and it's what we say in the ProCon podcast. It's about people, processes, and tools. Yeah, the tools you use yeah. are the same probably that the IT department, but it's your people, it's your process to do this on a project basis yeah, because that's that's what I'm looking for. Eh? If you look on your website, LoadSpring is obsessed. Eh? That's literally from your website on project management solutions. Why the project management solutions? Because is it because the IT wants to to mitigate those risks because the financial IT is is run on a day to day business and projects are well unique by its kind? Or why is why is the niche market on project management so big at Log Spring? Um, there there are several reasons for that. One is you know I really love the space. Um, I I. I I look at I look at the companies that we work with, and you know, arguably this this industry, this this project management industry, is you know gets a bad rap. You know, they're they're they typically are are told they're five to ten years behind in technology, right? They're they're doing things with spreadsheets today, yeah. right? Um, and I take a little bit of offense to that because these are smart companies that that build a lot of stuff uh, around the world. Uh, they're building our highways. They're building our bridges. They're building our our tube stations and 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 our highways. And you know, at the end of the day, my my job is to provide vision for these organizations so that they can bring their projects into the future in an efficient way and a cost effective way. And you know, I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but you know, most of the companies that we deal with are. You know, they're engineering and construction companies, um, sometimes pure construction, sometimes pure engineering, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of telecom and, and power. Um, these companies are not necessarily making a ton of profit, right? So their their challenges is these projects have to finish on time and on budget. Um, and and they're not IT organizations and they struggle with that. So our job is to listen to the customer understand their business challenges, what their business objectives are, and then make sure that we're providing access to the right applications, the right integrations, um, you know, the right analytics, the right, uh, the right consulting, the right partners, like the work that we're doing with you guys at PrimaNed, um, really providing that, that, that complete solution so that their projects are successful. But it starts with understanding their business objectives, right? And that's what makes LoadSpring very different. Uh, we're not out there just, just putting a, a commodity checkbox of hosting. We're actually trying to understand how the business wants to run 
um, and then providing a solution that fits with their business. Yeah, well, that's the listening. Yeah, that's the customer-facing profiles you you have all around the world uh, with partners like Premanet, but also with your with your sales team or your consulting team. You are actually listening to understand, not listening to respond to it, but listening to understand. And that's, for example, if you read, read your uh, website, you're doing cloud assessments. Huh? What are your needs? What are your visions? Is that is that what makes you unique from, for example, a um, an Oracle or an IBM or an SAP who says, well, there's one size fits all uh, policy? Well, look, you know, everybody's talking about digital transformation right now. And um, at the end of the day, if if you you don't have a good understanding of your own IT infrastructure, um, how can you transform? How can you transform from nothing to something? Right. So, yep. our job, um, and particularly in reference to you know doing a, an evaluation of where a business is in their in their their cloud strategy, what we find is many many customers think that they have a a cloud strategy when in fact really what they they have is that they're, they're cloud aware um, and they want to develop a cloud strategy and so we come in and we we take a look at at how they make decisions how their organization works who's in charge you know is are the project people making decisions around it are it people making decisions around projects you know it's different for every organization um, And with our experience, we take a look at where where different levels of sophistication exist. We can identify that and help a business go from a cloud-aware strategy really to an enterprise cloud strategy. That's a hybrid approach, right? Not one-size-fits-all um, approach like an Oracle or um, even an AWS um, kind of approach. Because at the end of the day, customers want to run the applications that, that they feel uh, provide the right metrics, the right analytics, the right process for their, for their business. Um, and they don't really care where it comes from. Yeah. Um, it could be posted by themselves. It could be hosted by, by the company, the software company itself. So, so you have to really have a hybrid approach to how customers want to be successful. And in this hybrid approach, eh, I think one of the advantages you can offer as LoadSpring that eh, within those 150, and I, I know uh, from a fact that if there's number 151, you will take a look at it to uh, to incorporate into your portfolio. Does this give you an advantage to, for example, if I always make the metaphor, if I go into an Audi dealer or Mercedes dealer, I know which brand they are going to sell me. If I go into LoadSpring, for example, I can pick 150 brands which suit me more on a, well, let's say functional level than on a brand or on a product level. How is that giving you this advantage in, uh, for example, if you go to to an Oracle or, or to a PMWeb or, or whatever solution you might think of, they only can offer what they have and you can offer them well, whatever It's in the 150 or 151. How is this advantage helping your customers? Yeah, it's a really good point, Paul. And, and ultimately, how, how we have always looked at this space is um, to really help businesses understand um, what works and what doesn't work, right? So 
for example, we, we manage um, probably 15 different estimating applications. And what's interesting about the estimating space is estimating software tends to lean more towards different types of industries, right? So there's estimating software for telecom projects and there's estimating software for oil and gas, right? They, they're very within the project management space. Estimating is interesting because there's estimating software that's very specific to different spaces within that. And so what we've discovered over the last 20 years is our knowledge of that, how these applications work for very specific um, industries within the project space. Um, that knowledge helps us really act more like a Sherpa to guide a business um, to make good decisions, right? So a company may start, for example, with us in with a scheduling app like, like P6. Yep. Um, you know, most people are running um, Oracle Primavera P6. It's a pretty, a pretty standard app. And now they want to start moving into geospatial and they want to start working with us on estimating and contract management. And um, the list goes on and on. And they, they're not sure which applications um, that they're going to use. So they could come to LoadSpring and we can give them advice on which applications run well in the cloud, which ones don't run well in the cloud, which ones are a challenge. Um, and we also um, can give them access to those applications instantaneously. So, for example, if an IT organization is working with their project team on selecting between three different estimating apps, well, look at the load on the IT staff to figure out how to host those things, how to get them installed, yep. how to patch them, how to secure them. I mean, it's complicated, right? Just making the decision on which application to use. They can come to LoadSpring and we're already managing it. We already have experience with it. Um, we already understand how to set it up and configure it. And by the way, we can give you access to it instantly in a demo environment for 30 days. Yep. Now they can start making much better decisions on which applications their business uh, that are right for their business. And that's your changing role from for for delivering iron and hardware in the cloud to uh, to the Sherpa to say, okay, application A does this, runs well in the cloud. Challenge B runs well in the cloud, but you need to think about X, Y, and Z. So you're more like you're transforming more into an advisory organization and into a, well, let's call it simple, managed hosting organization. Is that is that something on your roadmap to to broaden the uh, the portfolio of LoadSpring or is that is that an additional service where you say, okay, I'm not just hosting it, I'm helping you selecting this? No, that's exactly right. And that's really the vision of the company is, you know, years ago, uh, one of our one of our largest companies, Black and Beach, um, in Kansas, we're working with them on on really expanding um, throughout their enterprise. We're quite a large organization, you know, over twenty five thousand employees. Um, today, we manage you know twenty two, twenty three different applications for them, and and they, you know, obviously have a, a huge IT organization within the organization, and. And they, they said to me once, you know, what we like about LoadSpring is the consultative approach to building a solution, right? Mm -hmm. It's not simply, this is how we, this is what we offer. 
here's how much it costs. Um, take it or leave it, right? It's really a consultative approach. We have to understand your business, your objectives, what works and what your strategy is. Um, so we can build that solution. And, and, and really the future, uh, where this where this is kind of going for load spring is around data, right? As we look to the future, the challenges we see um, for for particularly you know anyone running big projects um, in any industry, but but particularly in the AEC industry, um, is access to data um, and really managing that information, right? So our our tagline is connecting businesses to information um, and. When you look at that problem, um, you know, I think a lot of companies, um, when they're making a decision around, you know, a particular application, and let's stay with the, the estimating theme, right? Um, trying to figure out which one of four estimating apps um, my company is going to use. One of the things that they're not looking at is the underlying data. And, and how am I going to use that data? Is it in a SQL database? Is it in an Oracle database? Is it an access database? Is there no database? Is it a SaaS product? Is it a hosted product? Um, is it an on-prem product? There's all these different solutions and, and with each different application. Um, and they're forgetting the, the basic understanding of, of having access to that underlying data so that they can use it in their analytics. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that that might have a SaaS product and you can't access the underlying data. Nope. You can't integrate it with it. You can't API to it. You can't web services to it. They don't let you have access to that data. Maybe a great application, right? Might, might do all of the features that you want it to do. But if you don't have access to the underlying data, then it's useless to you, right? So we help companies really understand that component of their application selection and their application management. How easy is it to get to the data? What happens if you decide two, three years from now to stop using that application? Can you still get the data? Data is becoming paramount in, in our world and in the project world um, so, that, so that companies can start using that information to make better decisions, to increase profit profitability and the increased revenue. Yeah. Uh, data is the new gold, uh, the, some people say in uh, in project management or in, in different uh, areas as well. Exactly. Common data environments are a very hot topic at the moment uh, and, and, and uh, connecting uh, what we like to call as the integral approach to this. Uh, if uh, if a schedule changes, what does it do to my cost? If a, if a, uh, a P&ID changes, what does it do to my work order system, etc.? Is this is this something you see overlooked by the by the buttons and the futures uh, uh, the the software vendors are presenting that people aren't looking under the hood uh, let's say for this data? They're definitely not looking under the hood, and you know we're, we we uh, in 2021 um, last year already. <laughs> it seems so um, far away. <laughs> seems so far away, and we want it to be far away. Yeah. Um, But we embarked on on uh, a product called, we call Project Intel, um, where we're taking a look at that underlying data, um, and really, you know, I could talk for hours on on data, particularly for our particular types of customers. We're struggling with this, um, struggling with analytics. They're struggling creating S curves, right? Every single customer we talk to 
is still exporting data to a spreadsheet <laughs> and um, from multiple applications and multiple divisions within the organization, um, putting all that, stitching all that data back together for cost and, and schedule and creating S-curves, right? Yeah. Very manual process, very archaic process. Um, but what they're not doing is looking at the underlying data and, and, and it's creating a lot of challenges for them, particularly on the analytics side. So what we're doing is we're, we're really going into um, the application data. We're extracting it, we're cleaning it, um, and then we're valving it. I call it valving it into a, a lake um, to answer questions that customers want to have answered. And what we're finding is that um, only about 25% of the data that's being produced within these applications is actually consumable from an analytic standpoint, 25%. So that means that, you know, if, I'm, if, I, if I've got six to eight applications managing a project um, across, you know, multiple divisions uh, within my organization that, um, one in four pieces of data are actually usable. Yeah. And so if I'm trying to do analytics on data, that's only one in four, uh, my analytics are, are going to be garbage. Yep. So, um, we're helping organizations see that, uh, identify where the process gaps are. And typically, by the way, those process gaps exist between applications. So you have a group of people running P6. Um, you have a different group of people running the estimating software. You have a different group of people running the costing software. You have a different group of people running the contract software. Those different organizations running the different software packages aren't in sync. They're not even calling the projects the same names, nope. right? So when you try to bring that data together to analyze it, um, it's a nightmare. So we, we think that's going to really be the next uh, the next vision and future of LoadSpring is helping organizations really connect their process, their business processes between applications, between divisions into consumable, analyzable data. Yep. Actionable data. Because if you say one in four is uh, used, uh, three and four is not used, so you don't understand or you don't know if they're right or wrong. It's like having a conversation with the, I don't know if you speak Chinese, but having a conversation with a Chinese guy who's saying one in four words in English and the other three in Chinese, well, that's uh, that's not going to end up in a good uh, conversation, uh, probably. Um, exactly right. On on uh, going further on that, uh, I know a lot of software vendors are are going with this common data environment strategy with this one version of the truth strategy um moving more and more into well SaaS solutions where they say well you can run everything from the from the cloud from one vendor at least uh, from one uh, software developer um uh, going more into annual recurring revenue models uh, where you don't invest in capital uh, expenditures in hardware or in software, but going more into a, into a, a OPEX kind of strategy. Is this still something LoadSpring can work? Can you combine, let's say, a real SaaS solution with a on-prem managed hosting solution to combine these data? Is that also something where in your new business model you can uh, plug into? Yeah. And, and again, like we, we talked about earlier, 
you really have to have a hybrid approach to the cloud, right? And, you know, organizations are selecting um, SaaS applications, for example, as well as on-prem applications, as well as, you know, maybe custom applications they've written in-house. Yep. And they want all of that application data to feed into um, a single source of truth that they can analyze. And, and so our, our Project Intel product is designed that way so that we can, assuming that the SaaS application allows it, we can bring that information from anywhere on the internet um, in a secure way into the customer's data lake, and then they can uh, perform the analytics on top of that. So we, we think that's a key part of the strategy. Uh, again, if you think about it, you know, every software company on the planet wants to move to a SaaS model, right? Yep. They want that, that ARR type of approach. Um, you know, businesses like, like a Black & Beach or Burns & Mac or, or Bam Nuttall, you know, in the UK, these companies, you know, they're running eight, 10,000 software applications, they're not going to build eight or 10,000 SaaS relationships. They can't manage that. So at the end of the day, um, you know, many of these software companies that, that want to become a SaaS company um, are struggling to do that. So one of the additional things that we're doing and part of our strategy going forward is talking to these software companies and saying, hey, rather than building your own SaaS product, why don't you let us be your SaaS enabler, right? Now we can bring that project software into a project space. Yep. And now companies can have the best of both worlds. And we do think that's key to the to, to how organizations want to operate and making sure that they have access to, um, to their software packages, whether it's SaaS enabled, um, as you said, hosted on on prem, hosted with LoadSpring, um, that shouldn't be the deal breaker. The deployment model shouldn't be the deal breaker on the on the functionality, on the data, on on whatever whatever there is uh, uh, available to the market. That shouldn't be the decision maker or the deal breaker on on doing this cloud um, uh, strategy. Um, uh, and and how to integrate different data within uh, within uh, within each other no that's exactly right um in this whole idea of being a sherpa where you're guiding people on on data integrations in head project intelligence uh, valving i really like the term valving project data into let's say a common data environment or a data lake um is there, are you making the foundations for, for example, artificial intelligence? Huh? Because I see more and more organizations saying, I need analytics, which I don't need to program myself, but I really need anticipating software. Is this, is this in your vision, in your roadmap as well to, um, uh, to look into this? Yeah, that, that's a great point, Paul. And, and, and ultimately that's where we want to get these organizations, right? Remember, I mentioned, uh, I think the project space um, in general gets a bad rap, right? They're five to 10 years behind um, in the IT world. And, and I really see LoadSpring as a company that's going to help them get beyond that. And artificial intelligence is something that everybody's talking about. Now, when we, we start looking at the data, the underlying data for these customers, and we see, you know, 
accuracy rates of 25, 20, 25%, it's no way they're going to get to AI that way, right? So our data scientists tell us that we need to get upwards of 92 to 95% um, uh, accurate information um, and complete information from all project data sources in order for AI to actually start being um, being um, something to consider. So we're, companies we talk to um, throughout the world, you know, everything they bring to us is, I want to get to AI. I want to yeah. understand AI. I want to I implement AI in my projects. And we look at their data and say, well, you can't even do a proper S-curve on your data yet. So you yeah. can't get to AI. Um, so it, it's really one of the most critical parts of our Project Intel platform is to get data into a unified state into an independent database. Don't have to integrate. Um, we're just, everything's in a common database. Get the accuracy of the, identify where the 75% is missing, fix that. Yep. Um, and once we get above 90, 95% uh, complete information, now we can start proposing AI solutions for these companies. And we think that journey is really a 12 to 18 month journey um, from starting with us, um, extracting, cleaning, then rebuilding their database, their databases, um, identifying workflow processes, differences between different applications and and the users Mm -hmm. and differences between the different business units, um, unifying those. That journey is gonna be about 12 to 18 months. If we do that, that's pretty quick. So to go into a company today and say, in 18 months, we're going to get you to AI, that's pretty impressive because a lot of these companies have been trying to get to AI for the last two or three years, and they're not making any progress. So um, we really think it's important to define a roadmap for these organizations and a timeline for these organizations. Start with us. Um, we're going to identify the data. And 12 to 18 months, um, we think that we can get your data in a point where you can start analyzing it uh, accurately and then starting to apply AI routines. Um, and it starts telling you stuff about the data that you didn't even know. Yeah. If you look at that, there are some really big interviews and big researches on, for example, the construction and engineering uh, um, industry. They are one of the least digitized uh, organizations. Are you saying that there are companies who are ahead of this and within 18 months or uh, close to 18 months move from this one to four into, well, almost nine out of 10 uh, uh, data accuracy? Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> to be honest, I don't see any organization out there of any size that um, is doing this well right now. And so this is, this is the crux of the issue. It's, it's industry-wide um, from huge, you know, like I said, 20, 25,000 person organizations yep. down to small, um, you know, 200, 300 person organizations. So it's a very consistent challenge um, with every company that we see. And in order to get this entire industry to the next level, you know, I, I take responsibility for that. Like I said, I, I really, really think these companies, they know where they want to be. And we just have to help them get there yeah. and, and help them get to the results that they want. Yeah. But they see this, uh, they see this uh, a point at the horizon. Hey? They see the, the, the top of Mount Everest. They only 
need a Sherpa to guide them to there. And they only see the end point, but you need to see the road. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And, and, um, in this challenging world, huh, because I think the projects are getting more and more complex, multi-million projects are, well, no exception anymore. Um, different countries, different contractors, different contract forms. Um, isn't it getting too complicated for us to, to work? Or, or do, you, do you sincerely believe that with the right approach, with the right Sherpa, with the right people, processes and tools in place, we are overcomplicating it. It's it's more easy than we all think about. Well, that's an interesting point, Paul. And I think, you know, we would be, I would be silly to say we can do it all, right? That we're, we're the magic bullet. And, yeah. you know, part of our, our podcast today and part of our relationship with PrimaNet is understanding that, right? You guys bring an expertise to the application that we don't have. And so, We also feel responsible to connect these dots for organizations to provide a, a complete solution um, for them and, and understand that we're just part of that. We're just, we're just a one component of that, which is, you know, we're, we're going to handle the IT infrastructure. Check that box, right? We're going to handle security. Check that box. Performance, we're going to check that box. We're going to move into helping them better manage their data. Check that box, right? But we're not the experts on actually implementing these applications. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going to happen if they have to build better process? We're not going to help them build better process. We're going to partner with, with companies like PrimaNet um, that are going to help them do that, right? And, and same on the analytics side and the AI side. You know, we're partnering with Google on the AI side to help us develop um, AI capabilities and machine learning capabilities um, for our customers. We're not experts in that. We know that. Right. So, you know, my job as the visionary of LoadSpring and really trying to 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 see the future for these these project companies is to, to meet them where they want to be. Right. Um, and and I know where they want to be. I know what I can do to help them get there. Um, and, and, and a big part of our strategy is, is bringing the tools um, with great companies um beyond just load spring to provide that total solution for these organizations to meet them where they want to be in the future. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I, we've mentioned this in the introduction, eh? you can talk 24 hours on data and we probably can spend three days on, on project controls and, and all kind of it uh, stuff. I always try to ask this question and I know, Predictions are very hard, especially yeah, we learned uh, the, late, the last uh, couple of uh, months and years. Where is Loadspring in three years? What kind of what kind of services are there, or what kind of enabler is Loadspring in 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 three years? Great question, and 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 ultimately, where I where I expect us to be is uh, a company that can provide. Um, intelligence to the project uh, in a way that that allows businesses to um, be more efficient at running those projects. And what I mean by that is, you know, at the end of the day, every business on the planet is kind of doing the same thing, right? They're, they're, they're taking human beings and they're building stuff, 
They might be building a bridge. They might be building a pipeline or, or, or a telecom line or, or managing a nuclear power facility. Um, it's a bunch of humans working with a bunch of other humans to build and make stuff. And um, at the end of the day, I, I think there's a better way to do that. I think where LoadSpring fits in is being able to help a business look at their process you know, bring our experience to the table and help them run those projects more efficiently. Um, uh, whether that means, you know, winning more bids and generating more revenue or, you know, being more accurate in their schedule and their cost yeah. management so that they make more profit um, and be able to provide them with the intelligence um, to make better decisions at the beginning of a project. So at the end of the project ends where they, where they expect it to be. Yep. And that I really want to, I, I really see us as being critical to that, that success in the next two to three years. Yeah. Well, I think a really good, uh, um, closing remark. If I, uh, if I can call, uh, call that, um, well, we talked about it so we can talk about this for, 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 uh, years or, or hours or days, etc. Um, Thank you very much, Eric, for for contributing to uh, to the to the podcast. Huh? I think the Procom podcast is well leading the project controls conversation, and we really try to enable people, processes, and tools. Um, really keen to learn that you well you're moving from a tool to also a people and process oriented organization or or enabler where you well you're not just delivering computers in the cloud but but doing more than uh, than that now being the sherpa in the in the project controls uh, environments um thank you very much for that uh, eric uh, thank you very much viewers and listeners to uh, to uh, to tune in again uh, procom podcast uh, subscribe there listen to your podcast on uh, apple google spotify uh, everything is in the cloud also in the podcasting uh, industry uh, listen to that uh, if you want to contribute uh, we are more than open to receive guests all over the world uh, from the uh, from the west from the us to australia or asia or middle east everybody is more than welcome on the on the show to talk about our really cool uh, profession uh, Thanks again, Eric Layton, CEO, Loadspring um, Inc. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to the Procom Podcast. To listen and watch more episodes, you can subscribe and access the resources mentioned in this episode by visiting proconpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode, where we will continue to lead the project controls conversation. The Procom podcast and the associated resources is published under copyright to Prima Ned. All rights reserved, no reproduction of this content is permitted.